0: Hello. Um, okay, so um, I'm a little bit nervous because um, I've done this for a long time, and also I'm handling the Word of God, so it's like a healthy fear. Um, this is a spoken Word of God, and um, tonight I'm bringing it to you. So um, bear with me. But um, tell you what I love about this passage in the first line. Well, yeah, the first line. Jesus comes and reclines at the table, and it's like. Yeah, I imagine like like a baos, like a big baos, and he's sitting back at the table with his feet on the chair, and people come in like, oh, I love you kind of thing. Like the don, kind of like reclining, which is sick. Um, I just thought of that then, and I really enjoy that. Um, so here's the deal. I'm preaching off my iPad because I didn't want you to see how small the writing is. It's like size 8 Helvetica, and I've got about 15 pages, so bear with me. Um, but um, not really. Okay, don't worry. Um, So I'm talking about hypocrisy, which sucks. Um, Heaps don't like the theme. Um, But it's in the Bible, and we all deal with it, and it's a massive problem, and we can't escape it. So strap yourselves in. Um, So in the past few weeks, I've been um, undergoing a few life changes, and I've been really struggling to read the Bible um, regularly. Um, My prayer times have been suffering... um, So I was coming into this, and I knew I was preaching on hypocrisy, and I was like, oh man, he shouldn't be doing this. Like, I didn't feel comfortable to stand up in front of you and preach, speak to you about what you guys should and shouldn't be doing when I was struggling myself. um, I felt like I'd be a hypocrite to do it. But then um, I had a chat to Jono, and we were chatting, and we kind of just figured out that, I mean... This way I'm preaching to myself as well as you guys. And it was sick. I got a lot out of it. Um, So tonight I am, I'm talking to myself as well as you um, because no one can escape this issue. Um, So yeah, hypocrisy. But I think you're going to find tonight that this is a different form of hypocrisy. So like what we normally think of as hypocrisy is like, um, I love God. Um, Yet maybe I stuffed up this week. I swore a few too many times. I might have um, gone out and done something I shouldn't have. Stuffed up, um, but this is a bit of a switch of that. What we see here um, is like these people are getting everything right on the outside, but it's their hearts that are wrong. Um, whereas we think of ourselves sometimes as, yeah, I love God, yeah, but I can't, I can't do this. Um, so this, I'd say, is more serious because um, they think they've got it all right, and that's not a good place to be in, as we'll see tonight. Um, so. Religiosity, okay, so there's all types of religious acts. You've got um, Catholic Church, and they do rosary beads, they have confession, um, stations of the cross and stuff. Um, the Anglican Church has, like, robes, candles, um, different kind of, like, like my mum goes to a uniting church, and leading up to Easter or Christmas, they'll light a candle each week. It's like a religious act. I don't know what it means, but they like to do it. Um, and the, the Islamic faith, um, they have to get down a certain amount of times each day, Pray to the West or the East or whatever, um, and that 's what makes them right with God um, but Christianity, um, depending on what circle of christianity you 're in, we like to think of ourselves as in a relationship, not a religion and there was that massive video that circulated a while back, um, which was pretty sick um, but like it 's true, but in in saying that we still all are religious and we still try and justify ourselves. Um, by doing religious acts daily, um, so it can be like you know, um, make sure I read for fifteen minutes and I pray for ten, um, making sure I give ten percent to the church. Um, make sure I say grace before I eat. God's going to be stoked on that. Um, and even non-religious people, um, they're religious. Whether it be I want to, um, I watch Home and Away every night. Yeah, sick or. Um, I want to get down to the beach every day at this time and swim. Like I'm not saying that's bad, and I'm sure you've heard that saying, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it's not. I'm just saying that that's a religion, that's a form of religiosity. I was in class yesterday, and um, the teacher was talking about uh, ecographs, basically, I'm not going to go into that, but um, she was saying she just brought up oh she said what do people do outside and I said oh um some people spend time at church and stuff and she goes yep and she was like oh yeah so your religion um it could be your religion could be going to the park and walking in nature and that could be a religion so even yeah non-Christian non-religious people will call things religious um so yeah this is something that um yeah all of us will do in different ways and um We do need God's help to see it clearly. So um, I'm just going to pray and we'll get into it. Um, Lord, uh, thank you we can gather here tonight and um, open up your word. Um, Father, I pray that you will speak through me. Um, uh, You will convict people. You will challenge people. um, You will make um, people see that um, they're loved um, and that you made a way, Father God, so we didn't have to do these things. Lord, I pray that um, we'll be attentive and your word will shine through. Amen. So, um, the first big thing in this passage um, is that um, Jesus is concerned with our inside and not our outside. Um, so, um, yeah, here in Luke 11, um, what we see, um, Jesus has just done a whole lot of teaching and then one bloke invites him back to eat with him. Um, so he comes in, and um, he doesn't wash up before he eats, and the, the kind of Pharisee just kind of shows a bit of an expression of shock. Like he doesn't say anything, and Jesus just like unleashes on him with like gnarly, just like woes. Like, yeah, I, yeah, woe. Um, I don't really. I should have looked into the Greek for that. That would have been sick. That would have been a good thing in hindsight. Um, but yeah, the woes. It sounds pretty bad. I'm pretty sure it's pretty bad. Anyway. Um, so from verses, yeah, 39 to 30, uh, 44, um, we see them rebuking the Pharisees for their religious acts, and they're useless. Um, so I'm just going to run through it heaps quick um, and give you a quick um, explanation of what each, th- each of these things mean. Because when I first got this, I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't, haven't talked for a while. Let's just have a read. What? And um, I freaked out. Like, I was like, man, is this a joke? Have you tried to catch me out? in doing something, and I was like freaking out. I was like, that's hectic. I don't know what that means. So hopefully that I've looked into it enough so I know what it means, so that you will know what it means, and we'll be all good. Um, So 39 to 42. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now... As for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Um, so that was like the first thing, and I was like, oh no, and I'm a bit out of my depth, but let's, let's tackle that one. Um, so the Pharisees were heaps concerned with the outside, um, what they did, what they said, um, but the inside was neglected, as we see there. Um, they were full of corruption and wickedness, um, At that time, what they were doing was corrupt. Um, And here, Jesus is saying, be merciful in your heart, um, not just by showing it. So if that mercy comes from the heart, your external actions of mercy will be legit. Um, That's what it means by everything will be clean for you. I was like, what does that mean? Does that mean if they're merciful, they'll be saved? Um, It actually basically means if you're merciful, your actions will be clean. They won't be dirty actions. So that's what that means. Um, 43, we see him say, Woe to you Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Um, it's pretty similar application to the last verse in that um, outside-inside. Um, but just quickly, back in that day, when so we have church the way we have it. Back in synagogue times, without going too far into it, um, the congreg- congregation would sit and then the Pharisees would sit facing them. So basically it was more that everyone... So just say, you guys sit here and all us leaders sit up the front so that you guys can see what we do. Like, oh yeah, look at us, we're sick, we're holy, we lift our hands, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's what they were doing. Um, they wanted people to see them do sick religious stuff and they'd be like, yeah, this is heath good because um, they were respected. But And then you see these greetings and I'll explain them. Um, Basically, it's not just saying, hey, hey, hi, how are you? It's like um, they would get up in um, public places, whether it be a marketplace or something, and it would actually be like a ceremony, um, heaps elaborate, and depending on, you know, if you are heaps high up or whatever, these ceremonies could last heaps long. Um, So they just loved the attention. like They loved everyone to see what they were doing because they felt pious and stoked. They were just like, yeah. This is sick. Like, if I'm heaps good at something, I want people to see me doing it. But it's not so much the case with our religion. Um, 44, we see, uh, Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. So this is like a massive, massive insult. Um, So these guys are so bent on keeping everything perfect and clean. Um, they're like, yeah, they they spend their lives to um, just like, yeah, just to be perfect, basically. Um, and Jesus here calls them tombs. Um, so the, the what this means, like back then, if you would touch a grave, you would become ceremonially unclean, ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. Um, and Jesus calling them unmarked graves, as in, they look alive, but inside they're full of wickedness. Um, and full of death. So, anyone that comes in contact with them by this means that they're unclean. So, um, if I was, so basically saying the people that you teach are dead too um, because you suck. Um, not really, you suck, okay. Um, so, basically, so how would you feel, or how would, if you were up there in a church like me, um, if I was preaching to you guys. And then Jesus came up to me and was like, you just preached death to everyone in that room. And I would probably be pretty, I'd be, yeah, I'd be heaps distraught. Um, like, obviously, I'd want to just crawl up in a ball and die. Um, so, like, that would be like a massive insult, to these people who are like, so like, yes, we get this right, we get this right, and then Jesus is like, nah, you suck, and you're stuffing everyone else up. Um, it's pretty full on. So basically, in those that chunk of it, what we're seeing um, is Jesus just insulting the Pharisees about everything they do. Um, and then he likens them to a dead bloke in the ground. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's full on. That's something that's meant to really shock them, and, um, and it does, as we see in the next part. But um, I just want to take you back. If you've got Bibles, it'll be sick, because it's a really good passage. Um, Back to Matthew 12. um, Just from 1 to verse 8, um, what we see. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for priests. Or, haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Specifically, from verses six to eight, we see some really sick stuff said. Um, we don't have heaps of time to dig into it, um, but so the, the disciples are being rebuked for doing unlawful things on the Sabbath, which basically they couldn't. You couldn't do much on the Sabbath, and you still can't. I've got Jewish friends, and they they don't do much on the Sabbath. Um, they shut off their whole community, um, and this is in Melbourne. Um, they put if they want to do any work, they literally put um, like cloths outside their community so they can move around in the house because otherwise it can be seen as bad. So it's still going on. But um they he's like he's he just comes up to him and he's like, hang on. You are worried about this Sabbath. I'm here and I'm more important than this Sabbath. And then he comes in with this rebuke and um this these words um I I lost it. The words um it, uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Um, come back from Hosea six six, um, and these guys all knew this stuff. And he was like, "If you could actually understand the words that you know, you would see that um, I desire mercy, not sacrifice." And that kind of ties in nicely with Luke eleven. Um, but yeah, so that's sick. Um, so what does all this stuff say about who Jesus is and what He values in His followers? See, so to me. It's pointing out that he's not con- so concerned with what acts I do, as what I do with him, and then consequently who I am. Um, so not worried about so much what I yeah what I do to sh- um, yeah to show people so much as what just f- naturally flows out of me. He's tr- the point he's trying to make is um, once we get our hearts right with Jesus in His rightful place. The, output, the outward actions are all just going to naturally flow out of that so it's a heat I, I don't know if I really like this um, this little um, application-y thing it's not an app, it's an illustration, I don't know if I really like it but I'm going to say it and you guys can be the judge But um, so imagine there's this chick or this dude that you like and you're kind of like mm, yeah, I could see that working um but I don't know if I actually like them. So you want to you think oh I might try and start liking them. So in an effort to do that, you take them out to dinner. Um you buy them chocolates or flowers or marbles and you're doing these things. Don't buy don't buy like if you're a girl buy guys marbles. Not guys No, you can if you're a guy, if you're a guy, you can buy girls marbles, but they prefer chocolates or flowers. If they're lactose intolerant, get them flowers. But actually, going I'm going off a little bit, so let's just dive back into the Bible and not so much life lessons with Adrian. We'll get back to that another day. Um, anyway, so. How do you think that's going to go for you, spending money on someone to make, them, to make yourself like them? Like, if you actually like someone, do you, does it, same there, if you actually really like someone, how much easier is it to do things for them? Like, if, you re, if I like someone, I want to be like, oh yeah, I, will, I want to spend money on them, I want to do anything for them. Because it flows out of that heart. It's like, it's already there, it's easy to do. Um, and that's what Jesus is saying. Just get your heart right first and then come to me. Not um, stop smoking, stop swearing, stop drinking. Then you can come to church. Then you can come to me. It's like, come to me and everything's going to flow from that. I want you as you are broken because I can fix you. Um, So I just want to go through the next part. Hopefully I'm not taking too long. Um, You guys still awake? Some of you are. That's good. Woo! Um, okay, so I'm going to ha- actually I'm going to have a drink because I'm slowly choking. I'm holding it well. <sighs> okay, so the second thing we're going to we're going to quickly run through. Okay, calm. Um, the second thing we're going to run through is um, from pretty much yeah, 45 to 54. Um, and the second point is that hypocrisy can distort God's word. So what happens here, the lawyer's kind of like, hey, man, you're insulting him, but this kind of sucks for me too. And Jesus is like, of course, I'm going about to turn on you, so get ready for it. Um, so these lawyers weren't lawyers as so much as what we see today. They're kind of like expert in the law, which is the Bible. Um, so they knew what they were talking about. Um, so I'll just quickly run through these few verses again. Um, verse 46 Um, And you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Um, So what these dudes were doing, um, they were burdening the people by, they've got God's word, and they've been given privilege to it, but what they were doing, they were creating extra traditions that weren't actually specified in the Bible. Um, And more often than not, these traditions were stuff that the lawyers could do, they were like suited to do, so just um, something about, I f- remember something about walking um, a certain way, and the lawyers already did that, and basically they made that a thing, so the townspeople or the normal people couldn't do it, um, so this way they were kind of, they weren't helping the people read the Bible or see Jesus or see God, or see God. Um, they were making them feel like failures. Um, in 47 to 51, woe to you because you build tombs... This, okay, this one sucks. Um, it doesn't suck, it's God's word. It's like, it just sucked to figure out. Um, woe to you because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shared since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be responsible for it all. Um, So what it means is, um, you guys are building the tombs for these guys who were killed ages ago, um, yet you have the same heart as them. um, So therefore, this means you agree with what they did And you're going to continue to do it. So Jesus has some sneaky insight because he knows what he's doing. Um, We see a few chapters back that he's um, resolutely set his face for Jerusalem to go and die for the sins of the world. And these are the guys that are going to kill him. Um, So he's like, you guys are killing all the prophets and it's going to end with me. I'm the last one. Um, Therefore, your hearts are the same. You are evil. That's full on. But um, the other stuff the generation we held responsible for the blood, uh, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah. Um, I didn't think I had time to go into that. But, um, so we'll push on to 52. Um, Woe to you experts in the law because you have taken away the key to knowledge. Um, you yourselves have not entered and you have hindered those who are entering. Um, it's pretty similar to 46. So the um, bloating people down with burdens. Um, so what this is saying is um, they mistreat the word of God. Um, they were looked up to and they taught all the people, yet they taught a false view of God's word. Um, they distorted the treasures that he had placed for all to see, presumably. Um, they taught in riddles kind of, and obscurity, so they taught kind of a bit weird. Um, and he tells them, like, you understand this, but you're wrong. Like, You guys are wrong. And you haven't entered the kingdom of heaven. Um, So they're getting told by Jesus, you actually, you're not right. You haven't entered the kingdom of heaven. And by doing this, you've actually stuffed it up for everybody else. um, And they're not entering either. Um, So that's another massive rebuke. So these guys, um, what we've seen um, is just a bunch of people who seem to be good. Um, They see themselves as sick, but Jesus is like, you're not. I can see your heart. Um, So, to be honest, I struggled to get a heap of application out of that last chunk, Um, apart from don't kill Jesus. So don't kill Jesus. Um, But on the flip side, what I'm going to tell you, um, you guys come to church or youth. um, Some of you come weekly. um, Some of you come a bit less regular. But... um, some of you come to G-teams and stuff. You guys need to rejoice and be stoked um, about the fact that you've got the Word of God easily accessible. Um, back in these days, people didn't really have the Word of God, so they had a tough time um, of learning about the God of the Bible and Jesus. They, they they could get in... There wasn't, obviously, printing presses as much. or As much. There wasn't at all. They had people writing it. Um, I don't know why I added that in there. But, yeah, they... um, Yeah, so... You guys have got Bibles, and if you can't afford a Bible, you've got a, a library. If anyone uses them anymore, um, but you can get free Bibles if you go to a hotel room. Then you can get it out of the. Oh wait, but then you got to get a hotel room. Um, I'm pretty sure the church has free Bibles. Yeah, so if you want a Bible, go get a Bible. Um, it's sick. Um, otherwise, you got. I've got on my iPad. I okay, You can get it on your phone and on the internet. Um, but yeah, you guys um, come to G-Teams, you've got daily reading notes, um, there's online sermons you can listen to, which are awesome. Um, Gospel Coalition, sick, if you want to check that out. Um, and you've got weekly preaching. So I want you to understand that you can't take this stuff for granted. When you hear these messages, you've got to test them. So check what I've said, check the Bible, make sure it's true. And um, Don't get bogged down by extra traditions that are being preached to you that might not be biblical because you guys have been given the key to life. Like, um, everything about Jesus, like the key to life, you know, the death and resurrection. So don't waste it and you can't hog it. You've got to spread it. Um, so I'm just going to close up now, start wrapping up. Um, so the underlying theme of this passage is your actions can't please God. Um, a lot of the time when you're younger, just say you're younger and you're given a gift, um, you're like, sick. I love this. Thanks. Sometimes you don't say thanks. Um, but when you get older, I don't know if you guys are at that stage, you might be, you feel a bit more obligated to give back to someone or I, I have a hard time getting a gift without feeling like, oh, I, I want to repay in some way. Um, that can be a danger, dangerous mindset with the gospel because you've been given the ultimate gift of life and you're going to get to a stage, and you might be there now where you're thinking like, this is where my religious acts come in. Like, oh, I feel like I'm going to, um, I want to do these things to please God. You can't do it. So lucky the story hasn't ended there. Um, We've seen a few weeks back that Jesus has resolutely set his face out for Jerusalem. He's going to die, he's going to rise again, and he's going to offer a way to please God. Um, So there could be a few groups here tonight. Um, you could be someone who comes to youth or church each week, you know all the answers, you know how to play the part, but you don't actually know the God of the Bible. Um, you're in a really dangerous place. Um, like this, It's a place that requires only one response. Um, you've got to get down before the God who created everything and admit that you actually need him. You can't please him yourself. Um, and that you have to rely on that sacrifice that was made on the cross 2,000 years ago and um, accept that, yeah, you actually can't do it alone. Um, and if that is something that worries you, then you should talk to someone about it. Are you one of the people that comes here week in and week out and just zones out, gets on the on the text, um, Snapchats, um, whatever your kids are doing these days? Um, if that's you, I just want to ask why, because um, I can guarantee you that us leaders that come here, we don't come here because we've got nothing better to do. Like I, did, I used to have sick Friday nights. I've got heaps of friends, and I don't see them much anymore, but that's because you guys and your eternal resting places are much more important than whether I hang out with my mates. Like we believe this stuff to be true. That's why we get here and we preach it to you. That's why we spend time with you. So if you understand that, you've got to start to question your mind, why is this so important to them? What am I missing? Please don't be desensitized to the Word of God. Um, you can listen to it over and over again and have it harden your heart to it. You've got to be open. Um, actually ask the questions. Um, because we believe this that much that we're willing to give our lives for it. So you've got to understand why um, we, we feel that way. Um, so let it sink in and don't let it harden your heart. Um, if you're new tonight um, and you're kind of like, sick, tombs, uh, killing prophets, these Christians are nut jobs. Um, I want you to see this as a, as a form of encouragement. I want you to forget about that main thing I want you to hear tonight is you don't actually have to fix yourself before you come to God. Like I said earlier, don't give up smoking. If you're smoking, might be a wrong crowd for that. Um, Don't stop swearing before you come to God. Just come. Come as you are and he will heal you. Um, Contrary to what people believe, Christianity is not so much a list of do's and don'ts um, and rights and wrongs. It's like we're a group of people with transformed hearts We'll do what we do because there's no other response to what was already done. Um, so talk to someone here who looks older than you by a bit um, and ask them questions if you've got any. Um, don't leave without chatting to someone. Um, and lastly, if you guys are saved and you guys are doing these things out of repentant heart, you've got to keep persisting um, because you'll find that if you start doing these things in a religious rut, um, you're going to lose your joy um, and you're going to struggle with your Christianity. Um, so please remember that sacrifice. And make that um, Jesus' death on the cross and your eternal resting place. Make that the driving force of everything you do because that way, if you remember what could have been, you're going to, you're going to be so stoked on what's going to be, and um, it's going to change your life um, because your heart matters. So I'm just going to finish up with this. Um, so life and the transformation of a true follower of Christ um, starts from within. So you've got to come to Christ. He's going to change you. Um, and this is where the relationship comes in. Um, a while back I heard a quote from a preacher. Um, I forget his name, but he had a really annoying voice. He was like from Florida. Um, oh, man, it was deadly. Um, but he said some sick stuff. So um, what he was, one thing he said that stuck into me was like... Um, Once you realize that you've been saved from doing anything for God, you're going to want to do everything for God. And um, I just want to finish with that. So I'm just going to pray um, for us and um, close up. Um, Lord, I thank you um, for what you did do on the cross, God. Um, Something that none of us can do. Uh, live a perfect life, and um we know how hard that is to do for ten minutes, <laughs> let alone um, thirty seven years or so God um, I thank you that you were all God and all man don 't know how that works, God, but you do, and that 's all that matters. Um, I pray that we 'll never get bogged down in a religious rut um, and we 'll always do things out of a repentant heart um, yeah, I pray that we won 't be like the Pharisees god and We'll just realise that um, all our good works, God, will just flow from um, what you've already done for us. I pray these things in your name. Amen.